Hello, heroes and heroines, sidekicks and supervillains. Welcome back to another wonderful episode of Panel Pictures. I am your friendly neighborhood, Zach. And as always, I'm joined by the human incarnation of Larflees himself, Cody McKinney. Cody, my sleepy-eyed buddy, how are you doing today? Sleepy. Sleepy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're here to talk about a very important film, for me at least. Uh, I'm sure it is for you as well, Cody, but I don't know about the levels. They might stagger a little mm, bit there. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a stagger. Like, you're... You're at like 120 and I'm at like 90. 90, yeah. yeah. But we are here to talk about Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse today. And I am just, I'm very, very, very excited to talk about this movie because I've been giving it a lot of thought recently and it is popping up everywhere. Uh, I check my Twitter, there's Enter the Spider-Verse. You know, I check my Facebook, I check YouTube, Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse. It's on the level with Infinity War. And yeah. that's really, really neat to me because Infinity War is an event that took 10 years to bake, to, to, well, yeah, to bake, essentially. And, you know, Spider-Verse, now, this isn't saying not enough work went into Spider-Verse comparatively because apparently it took four years doing, each frame took one week to, to animate. Yeah. And it took 800 employees four years to make Spider-Verse. Yeah, and it's a gargantuan effort, especially with the just the, the sheer attention to detail. Absolutely. Like how every character kind of has like a different texture to them. Yeah, and like, different animation style. Yeah. Like the world feels very alive. Absolutely. And there's a, a lot of effort that went into this. Yeah, so the fact that these two are, are on par with each other now, even though Spider-Verse isn't making as much money uh, as Infinity War, because I don't think it has that... the the. The mainstream appeal, draw. The mainstream, the mainstream draw, right? Um, but of course, as of recording this, though, Spider-Verse hasn't hit, uh, I believe, China and Japan, which are also two big animation-based places. Yeah, well. Japan doesn't get Spider-Verse until uh, March of 2019, actually. Uh, and I don't think China gets until February or something like that. Uh, so that's going to be also two big boosts for it as well. Yeah. But the fact that this movie is doing so well and is, is very critically reviewed and, 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 and highly critically reviewed as well, it really, really makes me happy because I remember when we saw the trailer for this, I believe it was you and, and my wife Erin and I, we were at a movie, uh, there might have been some of our other friends, and I remember seeing the trailer for this a couple of years back. And not really knowing what it was. Well, I mean, I knew what it was from the Dan Slott uh, Spider-Verse event from 2014, I think is when that happened. Well, I mean, alright, a better way of putting it, no, not knowing knowing what you're looking at, but not like seeing it for the first time. Absolutely. yeah. Uh, and, and, and the man, the trailers are deceptive too, because the trailers don't tell the whole story to the movie at all. Yeah. And that, and I think that's a really good thing. I think that's a, a definite strength and we'll get into that here in a little bit. But I remember seeing the trailers though and thinking like, okay, this can be really good. Like I, I think I was with everyone else when I first saw it because I was like, oh man, animated. But then the more and more I thought about it, I was like, this makes sense to animate this more than try to make a live action, uh, spider Gwen, Spider-Man noir, Peter Porker, <laughs> You know, and all that stuff. Like Rocket Raccoon works and works in real life. Peter Porker, Spider Ham, so not so much. But yeah, uh, I'm glad this movie has done well, and I'm very, very, very excited to talk about it. So let's go ahead and just dive right into this. So Spider Verse. Basically, this is going to be a lot of people's first introduction for Miles Morales, who is the Spider Man of the Ultimate Universe. I mean, honestly, it's a lot of people's introduction to a lot of these characters. If you, if I'm be or like, you know, just yeah. from my perspective. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. Let's do our usual. So what was your first experience with uh, Miles Morales? Let's start with him. Uh, I know. I just remember everybody getting mad on the internet because there was a black Spider-Man and then everybody <laughs> like instantly loving black Spider-Man. Like, I think that was the. Yeah. 
Uh, my, my first experience with Miles Morales was the, the 2011 uh, uh, death of Spider-Man and then eventually Miles, Miles taking the, the uh, mantle there in the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. I've, I've said this a million times and I'll, and I'll say it again. I don't mind character changes a whole... I'm, I would rather them make a brand new character with than just their own step, with a different the, character in. Exactly, exactly. Which is why I think... Um, Riri Williams is always disliked. She's the, you know, the the girl that took the mantle of Iron Man for a while, right? Yeah. Um, whereas Miles Morales did take the mantle of Spider-Man, but he has his own his own skill set, his own origin story, you know. It doesn't it's not like the, that Peter Parker woke up one day and he was black. Yeah. Right? It's that Marvel, you know, the writers over at Marvel decided to make a new character and then give him the title of Spider-Man. Yeah. Which works, right? And and, and that's why I think when Thor was female for a while, uh, that worked because again, it wasn't Thor became a woman. It was that Thor was no longer worthy of having the hammer, right? And then a female character became worthy of wielding the hammer, and then thus she became Thor, yeah. right? That's why that works, and that's why you know Miles Morales is now so popular. And and I think this movie does a really good job of addressing those concerns that fans have, like, oh, it's a black Spider-Man now, and you know, I mean, all right, like it's the like let's just use the the age-old reference at this point i mean the movie's like three four years old now yeah like when the michael b jordan was human torch and everybody's just like human torch isn't black like you know right when they you know the, the bad fantastic the last bad fantastic four movie <laughs> <laughs> i should be more specific right but yeah i mean but you know it, i think it only occurs when it's like a really like a well-known character because when you got uh sam jackson's nick fury nobody knew about white nick fury so no. well i mean that's fair i think also You'll have to, some people might have to check my, my, uh, comic book historian dates here, but I'm pretty sure prior to the Avengers or, or no, I should, I don't know. Uh, prior to Iron Man, sorry. Prior to Iron Man in 08, uh, Nick Fury was black in the ultimate universe. Yeah, he was like, he so, looks like Sam Jackson. Like. So I think, I think that works technically within the, the cons within the space that we're making here. But yeah, this movie does a great job of making Miles his own character. It allows original Spider-Man fans to, to have their own Peter Parker there. And then on top of that, it allows all these different versions of Spider-Man that have gone through like, like Marvel did their noir comics back in, I think, I want to say 09 or 2010. It might be a little bit earlier than that. They had, you know, uh, Iron Man Noir. They had Luke Cage Noir, Wolverine Noir. And then, of course, they had Spider-Man Noir, right? So that allows that to come in. Edge of the Spider-Verse is where we first saw Spider-Gwen. And that comic... I mean, sold like hotcakes. Yeah, because everybody loved it. God, I worked at the comic book store when that was uh, being printed. And I remember, like, so many... I remember one guy coming in, and he goes... Do you have uh, the first appearance of Spider-Gwen? And I was like, oh, Spider-Verse, I think it's two, right? Or Edge of the Spider-Verse 2? And I said, yeah, yeah, hold on. And I pull it out. If you don't know about working in a comic book store, you know, comics get scuffed all that time, all the time and everything. So there was a scuff on the cover, right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't know. This has got a scuff on it. And I was like, okay. And he's like, hold on, hold on. And he's like, you're the only store I've been to that has this, you know? <laughs> and he's like, uh, what are you selling it for? And so I, I checked because my boss had put a price on it, you know? Yeah. I think at the time we were selling it for, I want to say 50 because it was scuffed. It was going for like 80, Yeah. you know? And I was like, okay, 50, you know? And it's a brand new book. And the guy's like, uh, and I'm like, okay, man, you know, cause like, I don't play games like that when I'm selling comics, you know, exactly. either I like, you I, want it or you don't either. I know you well, and I can, I can, you know, kind of wiggle room with you or, you know, I don't know you well. And like, this is my price. If you don't want it, that's fine. I'll hold on to it. You know? Yeah. Uh, and eventually the guy caved and he bought it. But I mean, that says a lot about spider Gwen in itself. Now I personally, I've, I've shotgunned all of spider Gwen's comics up to this date. The majority of them I find very convoluted and kind of boring. 
That being said, however, Spider-Gwen herself as a character, really, really interesting, really cool development, and I thought that was a really good point, or, or a good idea, rather, to bring her into the movie. And then, of course, we have the add-ons as well. We have, you know, uh, Penny Parker from Edge of the Spider-Verse, and then we have Spider-Ham from, you know, uh, Spider-Ham. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say from Peter Porker, but that's backwards. But uh, we together, we have this really interesting cast and crew of characters. We have a character that almost anyone can identify with or can relate to and also have fun with. And at the end of the day, I think that's what this movie's strength is. It allows for new blood to come in, new ideas and new characters, quote unquote, right, yeah. to the mainstream. And it also allows us to enjoy what we do love about Spider-Man. And uh, it, it just blends everything really, really well. But let's go ahead and talk about the plot a little bit here because I th- I find the plot very interesting. A little little tear jerky and then full laughs as well. So oh yeah, and it it will definitely put you through a range of emotions. Yeah, God, yes. It, well, I I think I tweeted I was choking. I was about to choke on tears one moment and then literally choking on laughter the next. Yeah. Uh, and I think you were there uh, for one scene because like it was so dark and dramatic and I was getting kind of choked up and then someone like laid a joke out and then I started going like <laughs> and. Our buddy Nick looked at me and was like, "Are you are you okay?" And I was like, yeah. <laughs> "I'm fine." <laughs> yeah, you, and you like you de- you got hit by like the one two punch of the movie. I did, I did. Um, but basically, uh, into the Spider Verse, we start out with Miles Morales. Um, he's having trouble getting in. He's kind of having trouble adjusting to his new school. He basically won the lottery and got to go to a a very nice school. Uh, and he feels kind of kind of left out because he comes from a, a lower income background uh we can say that he feels very at home in his own neighborhood but then he has to go to a, a higher society quote-unquote high school you know uh during the week yeah and uh, he feels very uh very isolated because it's very obvious that his classmates aren't used to someone from that you know social circle right? yeah and he, he's from one world and he has to get thrust into this like yeah. new and exciting world it's and it's then he joseph t- campbell yeah and th- what's what's really interesting i thought they did this really well he tells his dad he's like i want to be with the people right Right. Yeah. And he's like, these are the people, son. And, you know, and then you're, you think about it for a moment and he's like, no, like people that really understand what it's like to, to live where he, you know, to, to grow up where he grew up. Yeah. And, well, like know. his people are the people that he wants to be with. Exactly. And his dad wants him to be with right. the people that his dad wishes that he could have been with. Yeah. So it, it makes a really interesting contrast because you've got this very intelligent Miles Morales and we start off with him being very artistic. He's, he's sketching his notebook and he's humming along to some good music. Making tags. Making tags. You know, he's, he's popping stickers as he's going along. And then, of course, his dad finds out later. And he's like, you're going to be scraping off those tags on Saturday or yeah. something like that, you know. Um, but we see this nice, artistic, very down-to-earth side of Miles Morales. He's speaking Spanish, which I thought was very – I was glad they addressed that as well, you know, his uh, – the fact that you know his mother is hispanic then we get to him being at school and he's with all these higher affluent higher society folk you know very uh very intelligent and we see though that he doesn't have necessarily trouble keeping up intelligence wise at least he has trouble keeping up with the fact that he just doesn't feel like he belongs yeah like he feels like a social outcast because he doesn't want to be like one of these like refined stick in the mud type people exactly because it doesn't seem like anyone can take a joke it doesn't seem like anyone really gets his humor you know and things like that and like one girl's like hey and he's like hey and then she goes your shoes are untied and he's like uh i I know it's a choice yeah i know (laughs) But it, it, it really, it, it settles for a really nice, it's it's wonderful character development in a mere five to ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, like, by, by the time that you get him, like, just the introduction bit of him, like, you kind of know, like, who he is as a character. Not so much, like, everything about him, yeah. but you get your baseline 
character development thing. It's just like you get his personality almost instantaneously. Absolutely. So then later we find out that he is kind of playing hooky with school. Um, he does bump into a mysterious blonde-headed girl at school, and you know, I, I of course immediately I was like, "That's yeah, Gwen." I mean, you know. Yeah. Gwanda. Yeah, Gwanda. Yeah. Was that what she said her name was? Gwanda. Yeah. Or something yeah like, like well, oh, that's right, because she goes, "My name's Gwen." Well, it was. It was this is after the because they meet the first time in class when he's late for class oh right and, and she finds him funny yeah, yeah, yeah and then like they meet again later but that that happens farther back right during the thing down the road though she eventually is like oh my name is gwanda i'm from south africa <laughs> yeah but i don't have the accent because i grew up here <laughs> yeah right that's yeah yeah <laughs> That was so funny. But eventually we find out Miles is playing hooky. He doesn't really want to stay because apparently the, the type of school he stays at is required. He's required to it's stay like a boarding like, school. It's a boarding school from like Monday to Friday. And then he goes home on the weekends. Yeah. Um, so he skips out and he goes to hang out with his cool uncle. Uh, uncle Aaron, I believe yeah. is the name of that character. So he stays out with his uncle and, uh, you know, his uncle is kind of got a really nice apartment, a lot of nice stuff. And then also I noticed a lot of like martial arts weapons and like a punching bag and stuff. Yeah. And that's when I was like, wait a minute. And then I, I like opened up my file of comic book knowledge yeah. in my head and there. And, and you I was realized like, who it was. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh wait, because it's, it, but prior to this movie, it has been a hot minute since I read the Miles Morales, uh, storyline. Yeah. I mean, I, and like, I no- literally read this. Seven years ago. And I know. don't think there was a single person that was with us that knew, like, that knew who his character was yeah, going yeah. into it, except for uh, Taylor, who'd seen the movie already. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he hangs out with his uncle. Or his uncle's like, you know, well, you know, what's going on with you, man? And he's, he's like, oh, I'm having troubles, you know, sticking around and all that stuff. And then his uncle's like, you know, you can't waste this chance and that kind of stuff. But then he sees how creative Miles is, and he's like... Let me take you somewhere. So they go basically into a subway tunnel and he allows Miles to basically tag this entire like abandoned wall in the subway tunnel. And uh, it's really, really interesting. Yeah, and you get your, your kind of your first hint that uh, something's something's shady about Aaron because like he like runs up a fence basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Miles does his tag uh, again, really. And the way they animated it on the wall was just a fantastic. And the message as well. Just great. This is where we see a spider that has... Uh, broken out of the Alchemex laboratory yeah. kind of creep down and it's got the number i believe it's 42 you know on its back there and it creeps down and it bites miles miles smacks it you know kills it and he's like oh man you know and then they both run off and this is where we start seeing some more shady dealings with his uncle his uncle you know looks at his phone he's like oh i gotta go you yeah know? so then we jump over to spider-man who's been in this universe right and the whole time this movie's taking place not in our universe but one very close to ours like very parallel from ours yeah. right and so we they of course have a spider-man and uh this is when spider-man is figuring out that the kingpin's got this like interdimensional portal and you know we don't know exactly what the kingpin's doing at this point in time you know and we find out that spider-man's been uh established for years you know we don't have to go through another origin story thank god but um eventually we get to the point where miles finds out that he's you know got powers all of a sudden you know he's having trouble sticking to walls and things like that he can't unstick and he sees the uh the what is it amazing fantasy one that his uh roommate has that shows him who spider-man is right right so like he's starting to realize that like oh man i think i might have you know i might have spider power so he goes back down to that place where he was tagging with his uncle and he finds the spider right and he's like oh it's just a, it's just a normal spider it's totally totally normal you know and it's not obviously and he's having trouble getting his powers under control he's <laughs> he's sweating a lot and then you know when he runs into gwen again she's like why are you so sweaty <laughs> you know and then he <laughs> <laughs> the shoulder so so his uncle tells him like he's like hey you got a girl and he's like well i'm interested in this girl and his uncle's like hey you gotta do the the shoulder hay move and uh he's like what is that you know and you put your shoulder you put your, your hand, hand on, on the shoulder, shoulder on, go, hey you, know, and you say hey <laughs> he's, 
sees Gwen and he puts his hand on her shoulder and he's like, hey, of course, because he's having trouble with his powers and everything, he can't get his hand off Gwen, right? So his hand's stuck on her shoulder and she's like, okay, you okay, let, let go. go. You can let go now. <laughs> his hand moves up to the side of her head and, and just gets, gets stuck, stuck in her, in her hair. hair. <laughs> they have to cut it out and there's a hand-shaped print in the side of her hair and oh like his god hand, like he's just got her hair stuck yeah he's got a hand, just a disaster he's got a handful of her hair stuck on there and it's just the way they animated the the, the handprint on the side of her yeah. head was just golden it was just great so you know of course that just it gets worse and worse and worse as he moves along he gets stuck to walls and everything and then he's at one point he's like trying to stick for dear life and then he unsticks somehow magically you know so he's trying to figure out his powers and eventually he makes his way to where spider-man's at and spider-man is at this underground lair of course every well, super villain well, this is when he went back to the alchemex plant and he found like right. to find the spider then he realizes that they're underneath the Right, thing. right. So he's underground and he, he finds the spider and then, you know, Spider-Man's having a, a big fight with a, a different version of the Green Goblin, a very monstrous version yeah, of the Green Goblin. Some sort of, it's literally a giant Green Goblin. Right. Uh, and I believe he's also fighting, does he fight Scorpion in that scene uh, as well? No, it's no, just Goblin. Just Green Goblin. Um, I think Prowler shows up though. Prowler shows oh, up. Oh yeah, yeah. Pr- Prowler's there, but he kind of less like... He, he pretty much just brushes Prowler off. Like, he's fighting Green yeah, Goblin, and he's like, oh, Goblin, Prowler's yeah. here, too. And then, like, he goes yeah, back to doing his goes back. Like, <laughs> yeah, so they're fighting at this huge machine. He, he's begging Kingpin not to, to run it because it's basically going to, like, rip a hole in space and time and everything. Yeah. It's at this point, like, Spider-Man sees Miles, you know, among all the rubble and everything, and he kind of picks him up, and he's like, hey, what's going on? And then it's when both of their spider senses kind of yeah. interact with each other, and he's like, oh, you're like me. So you hear Spider-Man, and he's like, okay, I bet, I bet you can't get, like, your head to shut up right now and I bet everything's really confusing. So he's listing off all the symptoms that Miles has been having as yeah. soon as his powers have been activated. You start to see a very caring and, and thoughtful Spider-Man. He's like, okay, I'm gonna have to teach you the ropes and all that stuff, and you're getting excited for this and everything. And then that's when the machine goes off, right? And they they try to shut it off, and it doesn't work out so well. Spider-Man asks Miles to to put a, basically a thumb drive up in the ceiling of this machine to shut it down. Well, no, wait, he doesn't give him the thumb drive. I mean, I think he... Doesn't he give him the thumb drive after he's already been like right? So wrecked? yeah, the machine the machine blows up right, and he's like he's like you got to do this, you know, got to get up there and try to do this. And Miles is like, I'll do it, I'll do it. And uh, the Kingpin finds Spider Man among all the rubble and everything after this big machine's blown up, and he's all like, you know, you can't bring back your family, Kingpin. You know, you can't bring him back, and he just punches you yeah know, he literally like beats spider-man beats to, death to death with his bare hands beats him to death while tombstone is just standing next oh, that's to him. right yeah tombstone yeah. was there he's too yeah. like he's just an insular background character like he's there for muscle with the muscliest of muscle anyway yeah why yeah. not why not <laughs> But, but, but apparently we we get to the part where this does coincide with the comics because in the Ultimate Universe, you know, Peter Parker died. He took a bullet, I believe, for Captain America, if I remember that correctly. Yeah, it was it was a it was a good kind of crisscross. It was a different version, but it was the same you know idea, principle. same principle. So Spider Man dies. Everyone's really upset. Peter B. Parker passed away. I think it, I think Peter B. Parker is the one that comes from the other universe. From our universe. Yeah. Okay, so then the one that was in there. It's universe just regular Peter. Is, just regular Peter. Parker. Well, no, because they, they differentiate with the middle initial. Yeah, I know. I'm, but I'm almost positive it's B because they okay. do the opening sequence where it's like I'm Peter B. Parker. Right. And then like, but anyway, so so that universe, the Ultimate Universe, Spider-Man eventually passes. You know, and uh, this is the scene where I was getting choked up and then laughing because everyone starts going to costume stores and they buy Spider-Man masks. You know, in remembrance and stuff. <laughs> Miles goes to the costume store and this is where we see a very 
loving and touching Stan Lee tribute because, uh, well, a cameo rather, you know, he's like, is the suit fit? You're going to fit. And Stan's all like, you know, the suit always fits, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And then of course you look back there and it says no refunds, you know, yeah. of any kind. Miles gets the Spider-Man mask and he puts it on and he goes to the funeral and, and Mary Jane is there talking about how much of an impact Spider-Man had on the, the, the world and the community and everything. And then she said, I know he believes that you all have a responsibility and that he's counting on you. And Miles is like, yeah, he's counting on me. And this is where I just, during this like very intense emotional moment, I cracked up because this dude next to Miles in that like huge crowd of people leans over and he's like, I think it was a metaphor. I don't think that was, a, I don't think they're talking to you. I think that's a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> God, that just cracked me up. So Miles essentially tries to like fulfill his, tries to fulfill Peter Parker's last dying wish and to put that thumb drive in the machine and essentially shut it down, right? Uh, hits a roadblock, can't do it, goes to the grave of Spider-Man, you know, and tries to apologize. And is well, like, he broke the thing. Yeah, yeah, he broke it trying to test his powers out. He's trying to, he's trying to apologize and everything. And that's when we all of a sudden hear just this, hey kid, and he turns around and we we see for the first time like the the like the venom shock yeah of, I of like, yeah I started to say it's venom shock or venom strike or venom something strike like, something like, like that yeah but yeah we we see the venom strike of Miles Morales which starts to differentiate him from Peter Parker Spider Man because it, obviously Peter Parker doesn't have the the ability to shock people yeah like I see when when we saw it in the trailer I thought it was like some sort of like weird electro web thing like I didn't realize that yeah. Miles had that Miles ability has, yeah Miles has the ability to turn invisible and he has the ability to shock people so it's really cool but he shocks our Peter Parker who. I love this. So let's let's get off the the plot for just a minute here. The trailers let it led us to believe that it was just our Peter Parker was going to teach Miles how to be Spider-Man. Yeah. And then there was going to be a couple of other web warriors in there, right? But what actually happens is that the ultimate Spidey dies, you know, he's the one that's going to be all responsible and stuff. And then the one from quote unquote, our universe. Yeah. I, or at least like what, what I would interpret to be our universe. Right. Because like, it's, it's not a hundred percent accurate. To as, the comics. You, as you look through like the ultimate universe, like it's obvious that this is like the, like the perfect Spider-Man that right. died. Like, he, right. Like he's, he's got blonde hair. He's, he's very responsible. He's got all the suits. Right. Like he, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. The, the one that we have. <laughs> who is historically a fuck up anyway most yeah. of the time. He, uh, let's see here. I think it's during a fight. He gets his back broken and then things start to slow down from there. You know, he had, he had married Mary Jane Watson and they divorced after a while. <laughs> I, I just love it. That he, in the opening, he's like, and I've been Spider-Man for tw- like, what does he say? Like 20 years? Yeah, 20, 30 years. Yeah. 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 And uh, he's like, I handled the divorce very well. And he's in the shower crying yeah, with the in suit full on. Spider- in full suits. Yeah. Like, and then pizza with the mask up. Right. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, so I was doing some crunches and some sit-ups one day. And like, he's got a belly at this point, you know, and then he gets sucked up and he gets put into Miles Morales' universe. So we learned that our Spider-Man is actually a little irresponsible and he's a little husky. <laughs> and he's also got like a uh, sweatpants on and the top of the Spider-Man <laughs> that, that uniform. That might be my favorite thing about his character design. It's just, he lives in sweatpants the right. entire Basically, movie. he's always in sweatpants. It's beautiful. Um, so we learn our Spider-Man shows up and uh, he tries to figure out what's going on. And eventually, you know, through through a really comical uh, transition that I I don't want to go to. I don't, I think, I don't think you and I can describe it in detail enough, but, but essentially they, you know, Peter Parker, his face gets dragged through the streets of New York as Miles is stuck to a speeding subway. Yeah. 
yeah. getting chased by the police. Getting chased by the police. But eventually they they realize, you know, oh, you're Spider-Man too, and blah, blah, blah. And Miles is like begging him. He's like, please, you have to help me. You have to help me shut this machine down. Um, You have to train me. He shows him the broken thing. He's like, oh, it's a goober. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a goober. Yeah. And he's like, a what? And he's like, yeah, I call it a goober, you know. Yeah. It's the it's the thing that does the sciencey thing. Like, yeah. there's always a flash drive. It's literally, there's always a thing, and there's I fix a- it, and we're okay. Right. <laughs> And then he just walks it like I love this like I love them both just like walking horizontally or vertically up a wall. Yeah, yeah. So they're arguing with each other and he's like, You have to like teach me. You know, Miles is begging him at this point to like teach me and teach him and Peter Parker's like, no, no, no. And eventually, you know, he kind of turns around, you know, using a, a lecture of you know, through great power comes great responsibility. Do, he's like, Don't, don't you finish he's that like, Don't you finish that I'm sentence? Sick of this crap. Yeah. Oh man. And this is I, this is like what really is the strength for this movie is that it weaves the fact that Spider-Man is so ingrained in a basic American kid's knowledge of pop culture. Yeah. We we a lot of us have grown up with the line, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. We all know where that comes from. You exactly. Know? And, and that's what Miles is. Miles is a kid who is a Spider-Man fan who becomes Spider-Man, which yeah. is a really interesting concept. But I, I think the, the coolest line of that whole uh, sequence between the two of them is like when like he's he's just begging him. He's like, bad things are going to happen. And it's like, are you okay with that, Spider-Man? And like, Peter Parker's like, crap. Like he just, yeah, he's like shaking his like, he's just mad conscience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like right, greater good. Yeah, and so uh, they uh, they end up going upstate New York, and it's so funny because Miles is like, "Why don't you like show me how to thwip and like practice?" And he's like, "No, no, no, we got to save our energy." Yeah, it's they like, take we a... don't swing all the way to the other side of the town, of so, the city. Uh, yeah, so they take a bus, <laughs> and he's like, "Fine, we'll do a little bit of thwipping practice," you know, and they do a little bit, but then they eventually get outside of Alchemex, and uh, they basically have to steal a computer. To to kind of recreate the software on the the flash drive because the flash drive had been broken earlier. You know, again, Miles is like begging him, like, you know, teach me, teach me, teach me. And Peter Parker's like, just stay here, you know, and keep watching all that stuff. So they go in, or Peter Parker goes in rather, and he tries to break in and everything, tries to steal, you know, the computer and all that stuff. And eventually Miles just follows him in well, the air. I know Miles sings Kingpin show up. Yeah, right. And so that's what, yeah, Miles show, like shows up. Uh, he's following Peter Parker through the air ducts, you know, and he's all like, hey, that's the Kingpin. And, you know, Peter Parker's like, what are you doing in here? Yeah. you know and they're like arguing in the air ducts and eventually you know peter's like okay fine i'll show you how to do some stuff and we'll get the computer along the way and this is just it's great because like they come out of the air duct and miles tries to like stay hidden up there you know while stuff's going on attached and, to a chandelier and he's attached to the chandelier and peter's like what are you doing and he's like i can't unstick myself and he's like you have to just relax and he's like i'm trying he's like what do you do to relax and miles is just going he just starts, he starts humming, humming that Post Malone song. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm relaxing. And then he like slowly pops off, you know, yeah. and crashes. Peter Parker's like, teenagers are the worst. It turns out that it's like they're having a hard time cracking the computer, you know, with the passcode. The head woman, the head scientist of Alchemex, you know, kind of walks in. And at this point, we just know her as like a Silicon Valley type person, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So Miles manages to turn invisible, which Peter Parker didn't know he could do, right? And then Peter Parker is like trying to like signal to him what the password the while this woman all of a sudden goes, oh, Spider-Man, you're here, you know? And then she's like, all of a sudden just knows right off the bat. She's like, you're from a different universe, aren't you? 
And he's like, uh, yes, I am from a different universe. You trying know, to turn on the spider yeah. charm. Yeah. And he's like, I'm from universe three, five, you know, like he's just like yeah. listing off the numbers, you know, and of course Miles can't keep up and he's like, what's that last one? You know? And it's at this point, it's revealed that the, the woman that's, you know, been doing all this research for Kingpin and everything. She's that universe's Dr. Octopus. Yeah. And, uh, it's really, really neat. It's a, it's a good reveal. It's well hidden. You know, you know, Peter Parker's like, oh, great. You know, Dr. Octopus. And so we have this huge fight and miles just basically he just takes the computer grabs the computer and the monitor and he starts running with it and he's invisible so you see this walking invisible like monitor and computer (laughs) peter's like hey good news miles is like what he's like we don't need the monitor (laughs) bad news we're still getting chased (laughs) yeah so they they run and you know again the cafeteria run to the cafeteria they eventually make their way to like a porch and they they thwip off into the woods you miss one of the favorite or one of my favorite bits it's just him being like all right at casual at casual selected a bagel yeah. like, <laughs> he just grabs the bagel grabs the and bagel. then they realize it's two spider-man and, and that's they're like, when they, they're like spider-man and he's grabbing a bagel yeah. and they get to the balcony and poor miles is like what do i do with this and he's like it's like throw the bagel there's <laughs> the bagel like, <laughs> and like you see it hit the dude and he goes bagel yeah <laughs> like just a little tiny like yeah the little the little sound effect bagel <laughs> Oh, God. Then, uh, they, then they swing. So they swing off into the woods, and Dr. Octopus is chasing after them. And this is when Peter Parker really starts, like, teaching him. He's like, a, yeah. he's like, thwip, thwip, pull. Just showing him how to traverse the woods and everything. And they start, you know, dodging around Dr. Octopus and everything. And, and uh, eventually, this is when we bump into Spider-Gwen, yeah. you know, and Spider-Gwen reveals that oh hey it was me from your high school i'm actually from a universe you know i was here like a week ago and we see the side of her head has been shaved a little bit yeah Yeah. so uh you know eventually they evade dr octopus they get the computer you know and they run off and they they take a bus back and miles is like can i say i like your hair and she's like maybe you know (laughs) and she's like i just don't do friends and all that stuff and it's 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 really cool because this is when we start seeing the the comic book intro for all the characters because at the beginning of the movie it's like all right let's start at the beginning you know my name's Peter Parker and we do the the one and only Spider and we do the normal you know Spider Man intro and then when the second spider-man comes he's like all right let's do this again my name's peter parker i went through a divorce da 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 and then spider gwen comes up and she's like okay let's do this so my name's you know gwen stacy i was you know and goes through her origin story and they do it really well each and every time you know it's really really neat but anyway so they may eventually make their way back and uh, this is when we start seeing just a lot of interesting angles kind of come to a head we start seeing the we, we start seeing peter parker going to uh aunt may's house and, and he's uh, not ready for this. He's not ready for this. And then Aunt May opens the door and she's like, are you a Peter Parker from a different dimension? And he's like, how did you? And like, it turns out Aunt May in this universe is just like done with this shit. Yeah, she's, she's like, well, she's Alfred. Used, yeah, she's Alfred. She's used to it at this yeah. point. Like she knows everything. And she's a badass on top of everything else. You know, I love the way that they've done Aunt May in this, in this movie. But uh, eventually she's like, well, we got to get you in the lair, you know, and. He's like, oh, you know, Peter Parker like, walks oh, out. I got one of these. Oh, yeah, like, I got a shed in the backyard. Where I then, keep all my gear. Where I keep all my gear. So, yeah, this will be good for us to kind of get re-equipped. And then it turns out to be an elevator for, like, a, a basically a spider den, <laughs> a I cave. Just, I love how he's like, oh, I feel sorry for this guy. Like, yeah. this is pretentious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we get down to this spider cave, and there's, like, all these different suits from all these different events in Spider-Man's life. You got, like, the Civil War Iron Man Spidey. We got Big Time Spidey. We have the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man suit. Iron Iron Spider, 
like the armored one. The MK Spider. That's what I was trying to say. The MK Spider. Trying to think what else. Oh, there's a Spider-Man suit with the cape. Yeah. Uh, you know, where that alludes to a joke earlier in the movie. So like, you know, a lot of, a lot of different spider suits. We see the spider buggy. We see a supercomputer. It's basically the Batcave, but Spider-Man. Yeah. And then of course, Aunt May is like, you don't think you were the first one that came here, right? And this is when we're introduced to Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Ham, and Penny Parker, right? And they all do... Their intro like, how, things. How's the wind blowing in here? We're in a cave. Oh, God. Yeah, I remember that. So the, the wind they, always blows where I go when it smells like rain. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I let matches burn down to my fingers just so I can feel God, something. So Spider-Man Noir <laughs> is like my 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 favorite secondary character in this because they 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 make him quasi-serious, but not serious enough. Like he's, serious, he's serious goofy. Like. He's very goofy. Yeah, talking about how he loves to drink malt shakes and all that stuff. You know, <laughs> Punch Nazis. Yeah, punch Nazis. Yeah, God, it was so good. It was so good, but um, but yeah, they do the they do the the bit again where it's like, okay, let's start from the beginning, and, and they, they introduce do it three more times. They do it three more times at the same time. This movie's really good at just building up like its own jokes, its own kind of mythos with everything, you know. And I like that this takes elements from the end of the Spider Verse comic event, but it's not as convoluted. Because I will, I will gladly say this: I, I like End of the Spider Verse, the comic event. It's really neat. There's a lot of different versions of Spider-Man conflicting with each other and everything. It's convoluted. As yeah, shit. It's too busy. It is so busy, and they try to fit it in like five issues with a couple spinoff titles and they just did it again they did spider geddon recently and it was the same deal five main issues and then there was like three offshoot stories you know there was even like this vault of spider-man thing that they did you know we had the uh the incredible spider ma'am which was aunt may <laughs> with you know peter parker's abilities uh there was um there's spider's man which was peter yeah pa- made of spiders yeah peter parker with- leans over a vat of spiders and they eat him you know and yeah, all this stuff so this movie does a really good job at bringing in all these different versions of Spider-Man or, or just web warriors in general, you know, and brings them together. But we, we eventually we have Spider-Man Noir, which is the 1940s edgy rough and tumble, rough, rough, rough and tumble, you know, uh, fedora trench coat, right? <laughs> voiced by Nicolas Cage. And the way he's animated is the uh, the 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 dot animation that they used to or the dot uh, illustration they used to do for comics. Right. They used to put a lot of dots in a small area Yeah, because they, they didn't ink the whole thing. They right. just did it's, another to make it look like it was exactly inked. and 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 that's what saved money and that's actually what helped saved comic books is was doing you know uh cheaper anime uh, coloring like that yeah so we got spider-man noir we and have the, and the wind is literally always, blowing. Is like, always blowing like he is his cape all oh, that cape his coat is always right. blowing in the wind and we're kind of jumping the gun here but i love this though spider-man noir eventually he sees a rubik's cube yeah and it's all colors right and he's like so confused by it he's like i don't know what this color cube is but and i'm holding just, on to this and he's just like rolling through he's like <laughs> Uh, is this purple? Uh, yeah, yeah. Green. He's uh, like, he's like, he's like, this is purple, and they're like, no. And he's like, blue. And they're like, no. I, I, I assume he sees it in black and white, so he has no I idea. Guess. Well, no, because he has to see it because he knows it's a color. Oh, cube. I guess he just doesn't know what. He colors just doesn't know are. what colors are because the world he comes from, everything's black and white. Yeah, okay, they even joke enough. about that in the credits. They have a, a a Rubik's cube on display, and it's like the mysterious color cube or yeah. something like that, you know. But uh, Nicholas Cage actually ended up doing a really good job uh, voicing that, even you though, know? You, and you wouldn't know it was Nicholas Cage if like you really it wasn't a big thing you really wouldn't you really wouldn't and uh, well, in the same way you wouldn't know chris pine did the like the spider-man the first spider-man yeah yeah, yeah with absolutely. the christmas album yeah oh god <laughs> which yeah. they released by the way didn't... i know because i have it on my phone i figured you did yeah it's 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 really funny have you not listened to the whole thing? i i, I okay. can't make it through the whole thing guys put this podcast on pause for a minute oh, and boy. listen to the whole spider-man christmas album because it is funny as shit it is so funny it's really really good because at one point he's like he's like johnny keep keep tickling the keys 
he's there. I'm going to do some crowd work. And he's like, uh, raise your hand here if you've been saved by me. Anybody? Nobody. Okay, raise your hand if you know someone that's been saved by me. Uh, that's right. That's the point of the Christmas holidays, right? We all have to save each other. <laughs> save each other from the eggnog, right? He's like, all right, Johnny, walk it back, walk it back. It's a dead room. Dead room. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, there's, another, there's another artist that does like a... Um, kind of like a spider-man hip-hop version of joy to the world you know and he's like joy to the world i saved the day i still don't get paid wow <laughs> and he's like yo web fluid's not cheap y'all and then at the very end of the song he's like www.gofundme.com slash spider-man web fluid help me to get to 1000 thank you <laughs> gotta get that plug in there it's it's really really funny but yeah so Going back to the other spider web warriors, though, we've got also a uh, Penny Parker, right? And so uh, I actually have the first appearance of Penny Parker. Um, I bought it as soon as I heard like she was going to be in this movie because I knew <laughs> you jumped on that. Well, like I knew it was going to jump up and like yeah. trip because that's what happens. Uh, again, to go on a small tangent here, like Spider-Man Noir was always like a twenty-dollar book starting out the first one, right? Yeah. Because it was kind of hard to get a hold of. Now it's like an eighty-dollar, hundred-dollar book just because Nicolas Cage's name is attached to that character. Yeah. Uh, Spider Ham used to be like a $30 book. Now it's like $80 to $90, right? But I knew Penny Parker was going to jump up somehow. It's probably not going to be, her book's probably not $80 to $90, but I got it for like five. But her in, her universe is really interesting. Her father uh, kind of helps design basically the spider mech. It's like S-P-I-D backslash backslash R. And it's like this, this Spider-Man mech essentially that she kind of like uh, is in tune with. And the mech is powered by like this little radioactive spider, you know? Yeah. She basically becomes like a Japanese mech pilot, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's very. Oh, she's very anime. Like, it, well, yeah, she's and, she's and done in a manga anime again, style. Yeah, exactly. Like, like she's she's an anime character. Yeah. Spider, uh, Spider, uh, crap. Peter Porker. Brain yeah. went dead. Peter Porker is like a you know Looney Tunes style yeah, and animation. Like, yeah, uh, something I heard is that they had to actually relearn how to animate that type of thing because nobody's done it in so long. Right. Nobody knew how to do like really? Looney Tunes style animation I, anymore. I did not know so that. So they had to relearn it for the movie. Right. So yeah, uh, Penny Parker. She speaks Japanese when she first appears. You know, she's all konnichiwa, hachimemashite, you know, and all that stuff. And then you know, uh, she fits the theme very well. But her her backstory is you know she's a mech pilot there's even a cool like side story like she has a, a friend of hers that ends up co-piloting another mech it's called the venom right <laughs> and it's this black spider mech and it turns out to be like completely uncontrollable she has to destroy it she loses her father in that storyline um but spider ham also shows up and spider ham was like this we'll call it for what it is it was like a cash grab in the 80s and yeah. the 90s it was a very like funny little comic strip it was like peter porker there was like a captain america bunny and uh peter porker essentially shows up you know he's like it can get weirder you know and all that stuff uh but each one's animated differently each one has their own each one has plenty of screen time it, it does a good job at extending kind of the universe that we've yeah, got they, they don't murder you with any of these characters exactly they don't like i mean they put them in your face obviously and go hey look this is a, a different character right yeah. but they don't like none of them are annoying none of them are like screen hogs yeah like spider ham doesn't show up every three seconds and be like i'm gonna make a slapstick joke exactly for no reason. exactly yeah actually a lot of his jokes are really well written yeah uh, especially the one in the trailer when they're all hiding up in the the root the ceiling of that room and he's like do animals talk in this universe because i don't want to freak them out yeah you know? <laughs> i mean like that's really well written but anyway they team up and uh, they decide they're gonna go after kingpin and everything well they go up and they go back into aunt may's house and they're con- trying to like reconvene and everything and that's when kingpin decides everybody to, like, show- sends everyone like, down there the equivalent of the the sinister city yeah. Shows up. So like uh, uh we have a Hispanic robotic version of Scorpion. Which is probably my favorite 
my least favorite design of anybody it, in the I movie. I mean, like, it's, he just it's looks... different, but it doesn't look quite right in my book because he's flesh toned. Yeah. Everything's flesh toned, and I think and that's like what half of him's a like that's true, a yeah. spider bot. Yeah, thing. the the, lo- the lower half of him is like a I know I know you never played League, but there's a champion named Urgot who like he looks like Urgot, and it's weird, and I hate it. Like but, like, but he but he's he's half uh, robotic on the bottom half, like Sp- Scorpion. You yeah, know, he's got all the scorpion legs in the tail and everything. In the top half, he's all like buff and prison tattooed and everything, and he's speaking in Spanish. Yeah, and then um, you got Tombstone. You got Tombstone and Prowler, and, and, and then Prowler who, shows up, which Tombstone gets like. Back in the face by Aunt May with a baseball bat, oh, which right. is neat. Yeah. Aunt May's like, can we take this outside? And they just start like, yeah, was it Spider-Man War says, we don't pick the dance floor, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> and they just, they go at it. Um, and then Aunt May beats the shit out of Tombstone. And again, adding like every character in this movie gets their moment yeah. and gets, and, and, and that I, again, I'm going to reiterate, this is like the biggest strength. We all have a favorite moment and a favorite character and everyone is distinct and fleshed out and it's great. It's wonderful. But they, they have this huge brawl, you know, all the spider warriors are doing what they do normally do best. And then Miles is just like stumbling through it as best as he can. Yeah. He like, he tries to hold on to the, the new goober quote unquote, yeah. you know, that they have. And then Prowler notices and him. And Prowler notices him and so chases him down. And this is when we get to the, the really dramatic scene. Prowler's all like on the roof of a building, you know, and he's got him and, and clutching him by the clutching throat, by the about throat, to yeah. crush his windpipe. And Miles earlier in the film learned that you know his uncle was prowler right and so he's like taking his mask off and he's like uncle it's me and then that's when he's all like what yeah you know so he takes off his mask takes off his mask they both kind of run you know and then before they can do anything kingpin shoots prowler well well, well, first like kingpin like just yells at him he's like kill the kid like we gotta go and like you get like this I am very like cold moment where like Prowler just puts the mask back down on him and puts his mask back on. You're like, Oh crap, he's actually going to do it. And then like, and then you seem relax a little yeah, bit. And yeah. And then like, that's when he gets shot. Yeah. So Kingpin shoots him. Um, but they managed to, to, or at least Miles manages to take his uncle and go go into an alley there. And really, really powerful scene. This is what's good about it. You have the theme of losing a loved one, which is key to Spider-Man. Story, yeah, like that's right? how you make a Spider-Man. Spider-Man noir, Uncle Ben got eaten by a cannibal vulture. Uncle Benjamin. Uncle Benjamin, right? Yeah, Uncle Benjamin, my bad. Penny Parker loses her dad. Spider-Gwen, she lost Peter Parker in that universe. He became the lizard and he dies, you know, from the, the, the serum that he injects into himself. Every Spider-Man... Spider-Man version has some sort of loss because it's loss that creates Spider-Man. Otherwise, he doesn't have a good understanding of responsibility, right? And so this is where we get Miles's version of loss and it's his uncle which just ties in so many levels of the original spider-man story yeah. right it's not uncle ben it's uncle aaron right he's sitting there in that prowler costume and he's all like you're on the right path you know uh, uh keep doing what you're doing and he's like uncle aaron please don't you know and he dies in that alleyway and then another layer of complexity comes on when miles's dad sees him well, sees, see, sees him take him into the alley yeah and so he's like what's going on you know and he, he goes into the alley and he finds him and then of course miles like thwips away before you know his yeah. dad can see what's him and he looks down and he sees his brother dead and him and his brother never got to re- you know re- reconcile they never got to like you know make up yeah and so he's sitting there like seeing his dead brother and he thinks spider-man killed his brother he's like getting an apb out for spider-man now you know and it's it's it, it, it's crazy. It, it's and it's really well done. And again, I 
I don't remember off the top of my head if this occurs in the comics or not. I'm currently refreshing myself going through all the Miles Morales comics right now. I've got them all on my iPad. I, I do know his, his uncle was at least the prowler in the comics. But, you know, it's 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 it's, it's just great. So Miles eventually goes on, right? He goes back to his dorm room and his dad is like knocking on the door, like begging him, you know, and I'll, and prior to, we'll get to what happened a little bit prior to this, but you know, he's, in the same vein, his dad's knocking on the door telling him like something happened to your uncle, you know, and he's like, I just want you to know, like, I, I love you and that'll never change. And we get this really powerful moment, uh, you know, and Miles can't say anything. He can't come to the door and we'll get to why here in a second. Yeah. The relationship between Miles, his father, his uncle. It's all this very, very important story about family, and it really, really hits home for just about anyone, I would guess. Yeah, which another thing that I had pointed out by a different podcast is his dad's last name is Morales, so that's probably not his actual dad. You don't think so? Ah, no, because I can't like, his name. His name is like Officer like Jones or something like that. So I can't like, remember. I can't remember how that works. But I. That's I, a good point. You know, I mean, be, being. Being New York, though, maybe his mom didn't take the last name. Or well, something. It could be, but I'm just thinking like it's a like just a modern family. I mean, like you and I both know That's a true. lot of people who it's don't true. have their dad's last name. That's very, very true. I've got my dad's last name, but my little brother has his dad's last name. Yeah, know, so. and like you know, it could just be that like Shit, something my, old, happened, my older brother has a different last name. Something happened to his dad, and or they got divorced or whatever. whatever. And this is this is new dad, and right. that's why like Miles kind of grinds up against him a little bit. Like yeah, yeah, absolutely. But prior to this emotional scene where, where Miles' dad is talking to him through his dorm room door. Uh, Miles kind of goes back to his dorm room, you know, and, and there's this big scene where it's like, can you get up, you know, a- after the world beats you down? Because that's what makes you Spider-Man, right? Yeah. And like Miles doesn't know if he can do it or not. All the other spider, all the, all the other web warriors are kind of questioning whether Miles can actually go through and help them, you know, because it turns out that in order to turn off this multi-dimensional machine Kingpin has made, One of them has to be left someone behind. has to stay behind. So Peter Parker, because he's divorced, uh, he's out of shape. <laughs> he's the one who's at the end of he's, his rope. He's, he's the janky hobo Spider-Man, <laughs> yeah. as, as Miles he's, puts it, right? <laughs> He's, he's probably thinking about just flipping off a building and not catching himself yeah, at some point pretty God. soon. I love that line when Miles is like, man, out of all the Spider-Mans that can teach me, why not get the janky hobo Spider-Man? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. But they're all like telling him like, you know, this isn't an easy path to take. This yeah. is not, you know, this requires a lot of sacrifice and it requires you to, to get up no matter what life throws at you. And again, hitting home at what makes a Spider-Man story a Spider-Man story, what makes a character Spider-Man. No matter who they are, they can take the mantle of Spider-Man if they meet that requirement, right? Yeah. Peter Parker's like, he's got powers, he's got abilities, you know, and they're like, okay, do it. And Miles can't, right? Because he doesn't have that motivation quite yet. Yeah, well, he doesn't know how to control anything. Right, he doesn't have the, well, the control and the motivation go hand in hand. Like, he doesn't understand how to control his emotions and the motivations to make the powers occur, right? So eventually, they they web him to a chair and they web his mouth shut, you know, and they're, they're like, it'll just in a little bit, bud. They take the the goober. The I I, I hate calling it a goober. I, I, in my head, I'm like that's a flash drive. <laughs> but they take the goober. They're gonna go shut down the multidimensional whatever. And eventually, you know, Peter Parker is he's decided he's gonna be the one to stay home because he's got nothing to lose, right? Well, Miles eventually talks to his dad. He decides, you know, I, I I've. I know what's important in life now. And he eventually figures out how to make his electricity work and he fries the web around him and he gets out of the chair, you know. And then he realizes he's going to need a suit. So he goes back to the the, the spider cave, whatever we're going to call yeah. it, right? And uh, Aunt May is sitting there in her chair and she swivels around. She's got her little cup of tea mm. and she's like, I was wondering when you'd come back. And 
he gets one of the suits and this is what is really powerful for me he takes one of peter parker's red suits and he does what he's been doing this whole time in this movie and he's he's creative and he makes it his own right he yeah. spray paints it black he spray paints his own version of the spider logo on the front he makes it his own which again this all goes back to this is like this is not peter parker becoming black this is not them making a black spider-man for the sake of making a black spider-man right this is them making a very interesting good character who just happens to be black yeah and this is a good like this is the best example of diversity and representation in comics i can think of like this is someone that kids can look up to from any background right but in particular black kids will now have a, their version of spider-man that they can look up to and relate to you know on a, on a on a mere physical level i digress he gets his own suit he decides he's gonna go help out the other web warriors we get this really cool scene of him just like testing out his powers whipping around uh breaking buildings and windows as he goes you know it's just it's god the animation gets me in this movie it's yeah, so i mean it's really good like it's, it's so fantastic. so good it's so good we get there he decides he's gonna help him out you know during this the other web warriors go to a hotel where they know kingpin's at because it turns out that the uh, the machine is like in the underground layers of like this hotel yeah. right in the bottom well, floor was, wasn't just fisk tower like isn't that where the was old, it fisk tower i think it was but okay it might have been fisk tower because fisk is holding a, a funeral for spider-man that's right that's right he holds the funeral for spider-man mary jane is invited there yeah. right 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 but uh they say oh it'll be easy to sneak in and they're like why and it's because all the wait staff are dressed as like spider-man Spider so <laughs> so in they sneak their way in and you know it's conspicuous everyone thinks they're waiters and waitresses and then peter parker gets grabbed the our peter parker gets grabbed by the ultimate version of mary jane and she goes uh excuse me and he's like hey and then she's like can we get more bread over at table 12 and he's like <laughs> he just he, has a breakdown he just has this huge mental breakdown he's like he's like, it's like i didn't get you bread when I, I needed to get you I bread i didn't i wasn't there for you to get bread for you <laughs> when i should have been and she's like no it's 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 okay really and he's like no it's not i wasn't there for you and Gwen's trying to get him back to reality. Gwen, Gwen's like, Gwen's like, you know, we're not getting her bread, right? We're, yeah, he's like, he's like, I know, I know. <laughs> so, I need you to focus. I need you to focus. But eventually, you know, they they get there and they're trying to turn the machine off. And Miles makes his way down there. They they have this huge climactic battle. Uh, the 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 universe itself self starts like you know breaking apart and wrapping on top of itself. Yeah, and and other aspects of all the other web warriors is you know universes start coming in you know we start seeing noir elements being thrown in there all of a sudden manga elements thrown in you know little cartoony elements like it's all become this huge colorful mishmash of like universe juice yeah. <laughs> goop you know whatever right and they're having this battle with the kingpin they're, they're trying really hard to like throw it up in there uh they have this huge fight i think scorpion's back in this fight yeah, scene. tombstone's back I, it's pretty much i think it's everybody it's like... it's kingpin scorpion tombstone uh oh. dr octopus is yeah. there yeah so they're, they're they have this huge fight with all these you know iconic spider-man villains and each of the spy each of the web warriors kind of takes out their you know the villains in their own way i love 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 though scorpion looks at spider ham and he's like what are you a cartoon or something and spider ham's like you got a problem with cartoons just pulls a mallet <laughs> pulls like, out a huge wooden mallet and just yeah. beats the shit out of him oh god it's great it's 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 just so good this is probably the the one part that i did have a problem with in this movie this part gets really busy yeah like everything speaking. is happening every Everywhere. everything is happening there's a lot of fight choreography so going many on. colors so many colors now on the other side of that coin though it is beautifully animated oh, it, yeah. is, it is wonderfully animated and so 
it's not that you get lost because the animation is poor or that the the direction is poor. You just don't know who you need to be following. It's it's just because it's like boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, boom. It's just going and going and going and going. Um, but eventually we get to the point where the web warriors are like, okay, we're, we got to go home, you know, one by one. And so they all say their goodbyes and stuff like that. <laughs> and this is where Spider-Man Noir is like, I'll see you later. I'm also going to take this color cube because it intrigues me. Yeah. It's like, I'm eventually going to figure this out, you know, and jumps off into his universe. Penny Parker, her mech is broken, but she's managed to keep the spider alive, yeah. you know, and she's like, I'll see you later. And she jumps in. <laughs> spider ham. He's like, I want you to have something. <laughs> He's like, it's this wooden hammer and it'll fit in your pocket. <laughs> He pulls out this cartoonishly huge hammer yeah. and like, he's like, it'll fit in your pocket. And then he's like, that's all, folks. And he jumps in the like, portal. Can he, can he say that? And, yeah, yeah, Peter Parker's like, can he say that? Like, legally, can he say that? <laughs> um, Spider-Gwen, eventually she's like, hey, you know, I'll see you around. And he's like, hey, are we friends? And, you know, she's like, yeah, I think we're friends, you know. And she kind of opens up a little bit, jumps on in. And then this is when... Peter Parker is like, I, I can't leave you. I can't leave you. And he's like, you got to go, man. You know, and he's like, what if I screw it up again? And he's just like, you got this. And he pushes Peter Parker off the ledge. And we, we see Peter Parker just accept it. Yeah. And it's well, like, you know, there's that theme of leap of faith that they yeah, kept talking about. Huge like, leap that's of what, faith. That's what makes you Spider-Man. Yeah. Huge leap of faith. So he pushes him off and we see Peter Parker kind of smiling as he falls into the portal. So all the other web warriors get to return to their respective dimensions safely. Right. So now it's just up to Miles to just close the damn thing. But right? now he's got to fight Kingpin. But all now by he's got to fight Kingpin and by himself. Like I know I haven't talked about it yet, but he's so big. Like that was the overwhelming thing for well, me. Well, that's that's part of his character. I know, is but like they, they all right they. They animated Kingpin really huge. Yeah, I, I, I know. Spider-Man I mean, from PS4, Kingpin's huge. Comic Kingpin, Kingpin's like, huge. Animated Spider-Man, Kingpin's huge. Just the way that I, I just the way that they made him in this movie. I guess is what I'm saying because his head's like in, in the his middle. sternum well, and like he's. It's supposed to be his shoulders. His shoulders are like a big and brooding shape. Yeah, you know? it's just crazy. It, for some reason, it kind of made me think of. Uh, it kind of made me think of like this is gonna be a weird stretch, and you're gonna think I'm really weird for saying this. It made me think of like the animation for Adam Sandler's character in Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, uh, yeah. The way he kind of like shuffles his shoulders above his head all the time. That's what it made me think of. And I'll admit that it was a weird animation choice, but like stylistically, I think it works because Kingpin's supposed to be this huge... Oh yeah, and and it definitely works. Yeah, Like, like this huge figure. And this is, I mean outside of maybe the the kingpin from daredevil like yeah this is probably the best kingpin we've ever had absolutely absolutely and so eventually you know miles has to fight him he 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 goes to this huge battle they even fight in a subway car and we learn the reason kingpin's been doing this the whole time like you know doing the stereotypical interdimensional fuck uppery yeah. you know with, with the universe is because he's trying to get his uh, son and his wife back. And he's trying to find an alternate universe's version of them, right? And bring them back in. And uh, he, because of, apparently Peter Parker led to their de- their demise. Yeah, because like he came to Kingpin's house. Came to Kingpin's to... house. Kingpin tries to beat him up. They're like, what are you doing? They get in the car and they leave and they have a Cause, car wreck. Because for some odd reason, it's not super duper obvious that you're, you're gigantic. <laughs> like businessman husband might have something going on on the side maybe or maybe she, or maybe it's like daredevil's uh you know version like maybe she knew of it right and yeah. accepted it but just kind of 
let lay down low. Well, until season three, then she became part of it. <laughs> I digress. It's 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 this crazy fight scene. A lot of different stuff going on, and then Kingpin just pummels Miles into the ground. Yeah, and this is when we have what sealed the deal for me because the reason I love Spider Man so much, the reason I identify with Spider Man so much, and that I have a bunch of Spider Man crap in my office, and I have a Spider Man mug at work and in my house, in your and, car, in my car. <laughs> Uh, the reason I, you know, I have, I think I'm at 350 issues, maybe 400 issues of Amazing Spider-Man as I work to build up my, my Spider-Man collection is because he always gets back up in some way or fashion. Like he, no matter how much life puts him down, somewhere in there, he finds the strength to just get back up on his feet and try his damn best. And does he always win? No. God, no. Peter Parker has like the worst fucking luck ever. <laughs> Even, even it became a running joke for the longest time when I was working in the comic book store and when we were in college that I had the Parker luck. Oh because yeah. I, oh, you still do. <laughs> yeah, I it's know, I it's know not I changed. <laughs> I know, I know. But but you know, I had that Parker luck, and uh, and that's what really made this one of the best Spider-Man stories for me. I mean, I, I I don't know where to place it because part of me is like, this is the best Spider-Man story ever, right? And then other parts are like, well, this could be better. It's all subjective, right? But regardless, this is one of the best Spider-Man stories because Miles, after getting pummeled in the ground, his dad has run into the laboratory, right? And, you know, his dad doesn't know it's Miles. Yeah. But his dad's like, get up, Spider-Man, you know? And he realizes that even though Spider-Man might be might be the cause of his own, his, his brother dying, his he's there for all the right reasons, yeah. right? And so his he hears his dad say that, Miles hears him saying that, and he gets back up. And then in full circle, he goes, do you know about the shoulder touch? <laughs> and then Kingpin's like, what? And he goes... Hey, and he touches him and he zaps him with that venom strike. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a great use of yeah. all the material that they've established in this movie, right? You go full circle with, it's funny. It works with his powers. It's what his uncle showed him at the beginning of the movie, right? He's using a quote unquote romantic move in a non-romantic sense. Like it's, it's, it's a great way to finish that movie, right? He zaps Kingpin, you know, Kingpin gets thrown back. He eventually shuts off the thing and there's a bunch of destruction and rubble. And this is when Miles... Finds his dad, you know, and, and, and he's like, uh, good work out there, Spider-Man. He's like, oh, thanks, officer. And he's like, I love you. <laughs> Whips off. Like, and, and then his officer's like, you know, the, his dad's like, what? Then they look over and they see Kingpin all webbed up. And yeah. it's like, courtesy of your friendly neighborhood, Spider-Man. And I think, this is my theory, I think his dad recognizes that handwriting and the, the bubble art and everything yeah. on there as Miles' handwriting. And that's when he's like, oh, what? But then we eventually cut to Miles. He, he, he goes, okay. Let's start from the beginning. And, yeah, then we, and then we use that same joke slash story one last time, but in a really wonderful way. He's like, I'm Miles Morales. And as far as I know, I'm the only Spider-Man or I was the only Spider-Man. And he's like, I saved the city a bunch of times. I accidentally ran into a drone once, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. And then, you know, we see Miles kind of getting into shape of being Spider-Man, right? Over the course of a couple of months, it looks like maybe. And then uh, he's in his bed. He's just relaxing and chilling. And then all of a sudden you see this portal opening up and you hear Gwen's voice and he's like, Miles, Miles. You know, she's like, Miles. And yeah. puts her hand down and Miles kind of grabs it and then it cuts. And that's the end of the movie for right then. And <laughs> and then like before we before we tackle the after credit scene, before we tackle the after credit scene, if that's where the movie ended and there was no after credit scene, yeah. I would have been perfectly fine with that. I would have been absolutely fine with that because Jesus Christ, this is such a good movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fantastic. Like, I mean, when you said that you thought it was, like, for you, it might have been better than Infinity War. Like, when we walked out of the move, of the theater, I was like, he's just riding that spider hype. But, yeah. like, the more that I thought about it and after I listened to a couple podcasts about people talking about it yeah. and now that we've done this one, yeah. like, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, it's probably as good 
of a movie as Infinity War. It's just I think it's a subjective. different thing. Yeah, I think for me, this is going to win out over Infinity War because I can relate to it more. Yeah. But that being said, you know, the it's like we said at the top of this episode, right? The fact that this animated Spider-Man movie that had virtually no hype compared to the 10-year hype is on level with Infinity War yeah. says a lot. And people are saying, oh, this is my favorite movie of 2018. This is my favorite superhero movie of 2018, you know, and over it, Infinity War. Like, it might be the best Spider-Man thing we've ever gotten. It might be since Spider-Man 2 or since the original, yeah, whatever, I mean, you know. Exactly. I mean, even, like, this might be a better, it's, it's probably a better movie than Homecoming is. I mean, and Homecoming's a fantastic movie. God. Like, <laughs> and see, this is what I hate because, like... I love the shit out of Homecoming. Yeah. I think it's so good. And that's something I, I, I'm really excited to talk about with you here on this show, right? It's eventually when we do our episode on Homecoming. <laughs> when we get, two when we years get from now. I mean, we'll, we'll eventually get there, right? Yeah. You know, hell, we might go out of order some point. I might get a wild hair and just be like, fuck it, let's do it. But this movie is just so well done. The characters are all fleshed out. The writing is smart and funny and heartfelt. The animation is gorgeous i love the animation in this I, i'm sorry it's so good it's just like everything comes to life and the fact that they took the time to do each character in a different artistic style and keep that going in each frame i mean god that blows my mind it's just such a damn good movie yeah I can't wait to I can't wait to own this. I can't wait for my next paycheck to come because there's gonna be a damn end of the Spider-Verse poster in my office framed. It, it, holy shit do I love this movie. And you got a thing too, like we we already know we're getting the uh like the Spider-Gwen sequel type thing with yeah. all the female characters. Yeah. But like they if they want to, they can just keep running this. Like, they, they could. They if, could... They, if they keep it at this level, yeah. they absolutely will be fine. I just I'm a, the only thing I'm afraid of is like oh, I'm afraid of every good property, right? Whenever they bait it for a sequel, I'm like, is it going to be as good though? Yeah, you know. I mean, I'm just saying, like, even if they wanted to, they could add in other superheroes into this franchise Absolutely. if they wanted to. Like, now, I mean, I don't know if they want to have it because this is Sony. This isn't like Marvel, Marvel. Right. So, I mean, if Sony, like, Sony can't use like Iron Man or anything like that. Like, they can't. Well, I, unless for some odd reason. Disney was like, we're buying Sony too. <laughs> I mean, I've I I keep hearing rumors that Sony's gonna sell off its film rights this year, next year, whatever. So I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It does scare the shit out of me though, because that meme with Thanos, the Disney gauntlet, yeah. and collecting all that. Yeah, that's the, the, yeah. We digress though. So the cherry on top to this wonderful Spider-Man Sunday is the after credit scene. Because we start hearing about, oh, the interdimensional portal's been connected, you know, and he, and we hear this voice, and we don't know who it is quite, right? And then all of a sudden the voice is like, relax, Miguel, you know, it's okay. And then immediately I was like... <laughs> you were like, no! I was like, holy shit! And then everyone's like, what's going on? And then, you know, Spider-Man 2099 shows up, and I was like, called it! Uh, that's gonna be fun to edit later. I know, um, right? like that smack. <laughs> no, the yelling. Oh. <laughs> but, um, but we see Miguel O'Hara... Spider-Man 2099, he's with his uh, his AI system that he uh, he's invented, and he's basically, like, figured out how to time travel, universe in the, hop. In the full suit. In the full like, suit. looking great. And so they're Oscar like... Oscar Isaacs. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Oscar yeah. Isaac is voicing Poe him. Dameron himself. Poe Dameron's voicing him. And so they're like, where do you want to go first? And he's like, we got to go to the beginning, so let's go to universe 76. <laughs> so he hops into the Spider-Man 76 cartoon, and he gets into what is literally my favorite meme... Of all time, 
the scene where the two Spider-Man are pointing at each other, and he's like, uh, pointing at me. He's like, he's like, I'm here to help. My name's Spider-Man. He's like, you're not Spider-Man. I'm, I'm Spider-Man. Spider-Man. They're pointing at each other. And he's like, quit pointing at me. You're being very rude. Stop pointing at me. And we hop over to J. Jonah Jameson with the police officer, and he's like, well, which one's pointed first? And then J. Jonah Jameson's like, oh, obviously Spider-Man pointed first, you know? <laughs> and like, it's the, I love the old, like, animated J. Jonah Jameson where his, like, head is just a square. Yeah, right? <laughs> Oh God, it's great! It's wonderful. I love it. That I probably laughed too hard at it. I don't I know. I was probably obnoxious in the theater, but I was laughing my ass off because not only is it my favorite meme of all time, but it's like literally, literally him just being like, "You are so rude right it now. Just Stop keeps pointing." Going. It keeps going, and it's great, and it's wonderful. And then the fact that Spider-Man 2099 is animated into yeah. like the 76 style animation. Oh God, it's just great. It's it's just great. Yeah, that's into the Spider Verse. It is. I, I want to round this conversation out a little bit here. I know we 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 missed a lot of the jokes and things like that, but I think that's for the best. I think it's better if you and I just have a natural conversation rather than try to do a point by point plot analysis. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes. And we don't have the notes, and we haven't. Right. It's been like two weeks. I think since with we our it, I think with our older reviews, it's okay if we do like a point by point plot. Yeah, because, I mean, because those movies are literally ten years old. Right. I more. mean, let's be honest. Like some of our listeners probably are not going to watch that movie and then listen to our podcast. Right. Exactly. So, God, I can't, I felt so good coming out of this movie. I I. I'm always at a loss for words at how much I love this movie because it's just so, it's so good. It's a celebration of everything Spider-Man. It's a celebration that anyone can be Spider-Man. People are doing their Spider-Sonas now on Twitter and, and all that stuff. And that's fucking cool. Yeah. That's so cool because people are coming up with so many cool versions of their, like what they would be like if they were Spider-Man, right? You know, I saw this one that was like Wolf Spider and all this stuff. And this other one was like, I mean, it's just, it's great. And the message that it gives that anyone can be Spider-Man, like we all are, as long as you know, as long as you take the mantle and responsibility and wear the mask, like you can be Spider-Man too. That's what kids and kids at heart like me need to hear, right? Like I think that's what people need is they need a movie that they can relate to and see and and know that I don't know that it's okay to kind of look up to heroes still. It's okay to 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 want to be Spider-Man because everyone wants to be Spider-Man, right? And then at the end of the day, you can be. I love this movie. It's it's great. I I never expected it to have such an impact on me like all the other Spider-Man films. Like I thought Homecoming had a deep impact on me, but this blew that out of the water. Now do I still I still love Homecoming. Yeah. Uh but god, this movie is just so good and I never would have expected it to be on par with Infinity War cuz I remember coming out of Infinity War with you and well, like how does it get better than this? Like, yeah, how do we exactly. ever like get Well, I mean, that's that's the craziest thing about right now. Like I and mean, as much as people want to say that the superhero thing is getting tiresome and that like it's going to go the way of the western, it's just going to be over saturation and everything yeah. else. I know I keep going to these and after everyone like after black panther after infinity war after this like i'm just like how does it get better like how do we keep how do we keep doing this exactly exactly like there are gonna be i mean i still haven't watched it but there's still gonna be there's always gonna be your ant-man and the wasps there's always gonna be your uh thor dark world yeah i mean there will always be like a there will be movies that are not bad, but but not not what not epic, right? You know, and that's and then there's also going to be your venoms too, which is like border borderline. <laughs> like, do I hate this <laughs> or do I love this? Do I hate this or do I love this? <laughs> I remember, like, I I saw a review uh, a buddy of mine posted on Facebook. He was like, I finally saw Venom, and it was like the worst movie I had seen since Spider Man Three or something like that. And I was like, it's not as bad as Catwoman. Now, come on now, well, you I, know, I mean, it's not the worst comic book movie. Well, that's that's the funniest thing because like yeah. you you borderline hated it, and I loved the movie. Like I thought I, it was great. I, I couldn't tell if I hated it or loved it. I still don't know if I hate it or love it. You know, but um. 
But yeah, I mean, the fact that this movie is up there with Infinity War, with Black Panther, and the fact that we're still getting movies like this 10 years after yeah, the mean, whole franchise, the whole idea started boosting off like this, you know, it's great. Next up, we got Captain Marvel, and then we get Endgame. Right, we got Captain Marvel and Endgame. We've got um, uh, Far From Home, Spider-Man next summer, or this summer, rather. We've also got, uh, God, we've got a bunch coming up, too. Uh, it's just going to be nuts. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of these with you, bud. I'm hoping that End of the Spider-Verse starts another awesome franchise of animated Spider-Man movies. The rumors are that the next one's going to be really centric on Miles and Gwen's relationship, you know? And that's another thing I really liked. They didn't force them into a romantic relationship. In the comics... Miles and Gwen have a romantic relationship for a small stint, right? But they didn't force that in this movie. They yeah. just let them be friends. And exactly. I'm I'm 100% okay with that. I feel like if they forced them in a romantic relationship, that would have just marred the story. Yeah, I mean, like, sometimes you don't have to shoehorn romance into anything. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Well, I mean, there was romance, though, with Peter Parker and Mary Jane, because at the end credit scene, you know, you see Peter Parker knock on Mary Jane's door, and he's got a, a thing of flowers, right? He's trying to make up for it, you know? supposedly he's like ready to have kids you all right know? maybe a better way i can put that is i think in we can the populace can fathom complicated relationships like like it's never let's hope so it's never gotta be perfect anymore like everybody knows like everybody knows everybody's fucked up and like <laughs> if, if your type of fucked up matches right. with somebody else's type of fucked up right. then you can maybe make it work or it won't work and then you find somebody else but like you know it's just yeah one of those things yeah absolutely God, I just want to keep talking about this movie. <laughs> I just, I love this movie so much. I am, I'm always going to be blown away by this. And uh, it just makes me love Spider-Man even more. I, I just, as soon as I got home, I, I downloaded all Miles' comics. You know, I've got them all on my iPad now. And I'm, I'm refreshing through the ones I did read. And now catching up on the ones I didn't, you know. Because, let's face it, comics are expensive. And I'm not yeah. going to be dropping I mean, as I'm, much money as I was in college. I'm sure the suit will make it into the PlayStation game eventually. I'm sure he's going to be in the sequel, you know, suited up and ready to roll. Um, that was another thing. I was glad they put the, the Spider-Verse suit into the PS4 game, you know, yeah. so we were able to play as quote unquote janky hobo Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> you know, he doesn't have the sweatpants. So. Man, this Peter Parker's my spirit animal. I tell you what, he's always got that cup of coffee and all the promo images. Uh, he's just sitting there, you know, in the coat, he's in just, the coat. Yeah, he's in the he's in the sweatpants. and He's like, uh, you know. <laughs> One scene that was in the trailers that didn't make it into the movie was when they were playing with the French fries and stuff, and he was like, "This uh, soggy French fry is your universe, and this yeah. crispy one's mine." You know, well, like, and that might be one of those like. So it might be, uh, might be, dude. Like, if we get like an extended cut on this, that like, how long is this movie? Like an hour and ninety minutes? No, not an hour and ninety not minutes. An hour and ninety minutes. Sorry, uh, an, an hour, hour and thirty minutes. I think, nine, I think the movie's ninety. I think minutes, it's about two it? hours actually. Is it two hours? I think so. No, it doesn't feel like it, but. Uh, you know, I mean, like, if you gave us Transformers 4, like, two and a half hour, like, <laughs> I want to kill myself long Length, yeah. level of this movie. Yeah. I still, like, I always use that as the metric for how long a movie God, yeah. is when it becomes too long. It's the first time I fell asleep at one of the midnight premieres uh, we went to. God. I remember, I remember always being wired for those midnight premieres in college. And then when that first time we went to Transformers 4, I fell asleep. And it's just like, when does this movie end? Yeah, I know. Um, I'd be okay with this movie going on that long, though. This movie was well, always exactly. well done. I just, I worry it's going to be a long time until we have another one because apparently this took four years to make. Yeah, so. 
So we 2024. Might, we might get another one in like 2024 or something like that. But that's it. Any closing remarks you want to make about this movie, Cody? Do you want to tell the audience about or just uh, any anything you want to give a shout out to in particular? Not really. We didn't do Not it here. Really. We didn't do a heroic hypothetical. I'm sorry. I, let's 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 do that right now before we round this out. So uh, the heroic hypothetical I want to throw at you for this episode. Okay. If you had to go on the beat, right? If you had to go save the city with any one of the web warriors from this movie, who would your who would your partner be? Who'd your sidekick be? Oh, it's definitely Peter B. Parker. Like, I mean, just, so you you would you would go with the original? Yeah, I mean, because him or our version, right? like, yeah, I think that him and I could get along pretty good. Like, we we both have the the general fucking attitude. It's just like, <laughs> oh crap, I gotta do this. Okay, let's go. Oh, man. Let's go do the thing. Get this done. Go home. Man, go. I thought about it. Let's and go get a burger. I thought about it, and my answer would probably be the same. Or I would really like to go swinging around with Spider Ham. Oh god. <laughs> I would love to go eat like a big old hoagie or something with spider ham and then just like goof off and like crack jokes while beating up thugs. I think that would be the best. Uh, and then also having a wooden mallet that fits in my pocket. I think that'd be awesome. Anyway, um, that has been another episode of panel pictures for you all back at home there. We hope you enjoyed my, uh, passionate unorganized rambling about into the spider verse. This movie is fantastic. Uh, Please, if you haven't seen it, go see it. If you if, if if you're listening to this in the future and you you know it's on DVD and Blu-ray and all that stuff, if DVD still exists in 2045, I mean, just go to YouTube. Just like, go to YouTube. Yeah, it's not you'll be able to rent. That's true. You can rent it. Yeah, you'll yeah. be able to rent it on YouTube. Yeah. Like, that's how I watch every movie that we do on this. I just rent it on YouTube. Are you for real? I don't own these things. Oh man, okay. Three bucks. Is it really? Oh, okay. I didn't know you, that. You, huh. you can watch just about anything for three bucks on YouTube. Huh. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, uh, if you guys have any suggested topics or comments, questions, concerns, or really cool like spider moments you want to share with us you can always email us at uh, panel pictures podcast at gmail.com if you want to follow me on twitter i'm uh usually under zach platinum which is uh, for my other podcast that i do for platcast and of course if you want to follow cody on twitter that's orange avenger uh without the e there there's a there's not a lot there there's not a lot there there's... but if you interact with cody he'll interact back with you i can't he gar- loves you i can't guarantee that because he loves you. he <laughs> will do it do it for the fans cody do it for the people <laughs> all right bud Alrighty, so uh, until next time, guys, stay super, and thanks for listening as always. Bye-bye. Goodbye.